Sartre a Mistro Bean Hazarta. A dear I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, this is Jennifer Lovely, and welcome to Don't Read the Latin. Um, for the upcoming future, we're going to be mixing things up a little bit, and I'm going to be bringing on some guest stars. Uh, and uh, this week is going to be Handsome Husband Jim. Hello. So, uh, Jim... Outside of the things that we've seen together, what have you seen lately? Outside of the stuff that we've seen together. Um, or we could just jump into the stuff that we've seen together. I mean, there's there was very little. God, what was it that I... You watched uh, some terrible stuff. I did. I watched something do. bad. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to recall you had, like, what it two was. things you had like the the 47 meters that's right that's what i was trying super to remember duper down 40, under 47 meters down uncaged the sequel to 47 meters down which we watched and it was okay it just the the ending left a bad taste in our mouth yeah um but other than that the movie was was fine and we saw it around the same time which we saw the shallows which was a much much better movie a much better movie and a lot more fun movie um, but 47 Meters Down Uncaged is a movie that <laughs> I I honestly... Oh, wow. Wow, power lift from Maggie Cat. <laughs> She's not typically the pod cat that makes an appearance. No, but this time... Wow. Gotta sniff that microphone. Ah. That... Well. Well, everybody, that is Maggie. And if you can tell, Maggie does not have the... Volume. Yelp, yelping meow that Max does. She has a bunch of concerned murs. <laughs> anyway, 47 Meters Down. 47 Meters Down Uncaged is a movie that I think was written... As something else. As as a, tre- as a d- sequel for The Descent. Mm. Um, but they... Where they said, okay, we want The Descent... And but this one has teenage girls in it instead of, <laughs> of full grown women, and nobody wants to watch the the underground stuff anymore. So what we're going to do is let's replace caves with underwater, and uh, do a find and replace on subterranean uh, monster and replace that with blind shark, because otherwise it's just the descent it is it's literally just a movie it's the descent it like there's there's all the same uh, beats and everything like that and mainly uh the person that wrote this movie does not not only understand how water really works <laughs> um that there's not like that currents don't just magically appear out of nowhere um and Particularly, and this is kind of key to the film, uh, they don't understand how sharks work. Mm. Uh, sharks, here's your lesson. Sharks have a, uh, a series of sensors in their underside, and it's particularly focused inside their nose called, and I'm going to maybe screw this up, the uh, a- ampules of Lorenzini. Uh, and I know it's the A of Lorenzini, but... Uh, Anyway, these sensors, they're electromagnetic sensors. This is why you can see certain breeds of sharks that uh, the species, uh, they kind of swim along the bottom and kind of sweep their head back and forth along mm, the bottom. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll bite down and like a crab comes up or whatever. They're, f- they're finding the electromagnetic signals that every living thing gives off. And they search for them. And that's why they, they eat uh, uh, license plates. Mm. Because they're, they're ferrous material. They hit it. They're like, oh, electromagnets. Bam, eat it. Um so at one point in this movie, these uh, these girls that are in full breathing apparatus that are shooting bubbles up for one thing, they're, you know, when they exhale, bubbles come out of their masks. But also they're you know living beings, and the sharks are blind because they're under underground, and these sharks are swimming not six inches above them, and it's a big tense moment because they're being quiet. Oh, hold you know, don't say anything because the sharks will hear you. Except. 
Yeah. Sharks sense vibration. They certainly do. But more to the point, if they were swimming that close to you, they would say, hey, there's something right there I can eat. And they would eat it. Anyway, <laughs> it is a, it is a, I just was, my eyes were rolling back so hard. You'd think I was a shark myself. Uh, also a lesson there. Sharks roll their eyes back to protect them, them from uh, when they're biting down on something. Um, girls get... The more you know. Yeah, girls get chomped. And, and the, somehow this writer thinks that sharks uh, grab you and then drag you down into the water to some lair where they can eat you later at their leisure instead of, you know... So they're kind of like alligators so and yeah. they drag things down and shove it. Yeah, and- they, they grab one of the girls, the hero girls, and like pull her down and just like start swimming away with her in the mouth instead of like doing what sharks do, which is keep biting over and over and over and over and over and having a bite strength that would crush you. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. It is a terrible movie. So now you don't have to watch it um, unless you really like PG 13 bad movies. So I do not typically focus on movies I haven't liked, um, but you just spent so much time on that yes. that I, I feel like sorry relishing in and splashing the the bad movie about me. Um, I watched the the new Grudge uh, that that came mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. and I will say I pretty much only gave this movie a shot because it is the director of Eyes of My Mother and the movie Piercing that came out. And this director's pretty amazing, and they do these these uh, slow burn, um, just really interesting movies. And you know, I am not somebody who who bitches too much about you know these like you know lower budget or independent filmmakers making a, a big budget movie. Um, but I'm just kind of sad that they made this one because it was boring. Mm, yeah, um, it looked that way. It it just really had it had some really amazingly good people in it. Mm-hmm. John Cho for one. And, yeah, and, and yeah. he's gosh, I'm I am absolutely adoring that he is dabbling uh, his toes. Well, he's he's not even dabbling. He is he's full fledged in on doing horror. He did uh, the second season of The Exorcist, the TV show, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. And I'm going to always. Uh, do the opportunity to uh, encourage people to watch that. Um, especially if you love the original movies, there's enough um, homages to all of the films, actually, um, that you get to be like, oh, oh, that shot or that little aside. It's just really good. Um, and each each season has its own full arc um, while still having characters that cross have been in both. Uh, it's really good. And he did Searching, which was a lot of fun. And I mm-hmm. think he's done something else, too. But um, it's just not leaping to my mind. But The Grudge just... Um, you know, I just have to... I need to stop watching any Grudge movie that comes out because it's just kind of not my bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of Asian horror that I've really enjoyed. Um, but The Grudge just isn't really one of those series that I've really enjoyed. Um, from from what I saw of The Judge... Or grudge. The Judge. The Judge. So the Judge um, <laughs> of The Grudge. Uh, uh, it... I liked the the non-linear storytelling yep, that was going on in it. It was kind very, of a tradition of the series. Yes, yeah, it, it was it was very world. well done in this movie. But um, you and I have kind of the same opinion on the grudge in general, and that's that it's just utterly dire. Yeah, like you you have more of a tolerance. I do. To I do. Sometimes I, do. I yeah. But I, I'm, I, I'm okay with sometimes some places just being bad and there's right. nothing you can do, but there's just, there's some way, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when I joke about, um, oh Jesus, the, uh, Rob Zombie movie, um, uh, the one we both hate. Which one of them is the one we both hate? The, the one that you were angry for the, oh, yeah, that, um, that it, it ruined uh, the, the year. Three witches. Yeah. Um, Salem. Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Um, I kind of. I kind of put it in the same uh, vein with Lords of Salem, where it feels like everything's going along and fine, and then she stubs her toe on something random, and then just rocks fall, and everyone dies, and everything's miserable, and it's just horrible, and it and and you don't understand why. It just seems pointless and kind of stupid and almost kind of trite, and and. That's, you know, it's like you enter this house and you're just fucked just because, like, you passed through the fucking entryway. And 
it, it doesn't seem enough. You should at least have to like. There, I don't know. There should just be something. There should be bigger stakes. That's that's one of the things that 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 why it bugs me is that um, there needs to be the transgression. There yeah. needs to be mm. some, and, and even still, if the if there I is no sometimes. transgression, if yeah. there it's just the bad place. You went into the bad place. That there should sometimes be a just way going to there is the transgression. Yeah, just should be. Well, it's a transgression if you know better. You know, uh, yeah, it's where, true. where it's like if somebody is, you know, you have the, the classic trope of like, don't go up to Devil's Pass because that's where those teenagers were murdered by Satan. Uh, and you're like, Satan? Satan sounds awesome. And then, you know, what, who could have predicted? Shot, shot, shot. Satan, Satan, Satan. Who could have predicted that Satan was going to kill me? Um, that, that, that's one thing where you, you get warned, don't go into that house. It's there's it's, Something's bad. And then, you know, the kid goes in there because on yeah. a dare or whatever. Sure. But when it's just like, uh, and like in this movie, where one of the people in it is a cop who goes in there because they have to, they they have to, to. it's their job. They have to yeah. go in there. And oh, you went in the house. Well, no, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. And that's that's the kind of it's dire. Just, no, it's no. it's too much. So, you know, I, I think everybody who's in it kind of does the best they can with what they've got. It's just not that great. But um, speaking of films that don't come from much... And yet, are just fun and do a lot with very little. Uh, we watched um, VFW, mm-hmm. which is the same director that did Bliss and Almost Human, and oh, there was some other movie that they've done, and and they keep almost hitting the mark for me. Um, I think I liked, I liked Bliss a lot. Um, God, I'm going to be so embarrassed if I've completely misremembered uh, this story. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, but VFW, in its little horror movie heart, wants to be uh, class of 1984. It wants to be um, Assault on Precinct 13. And it, wa- it, it does it does every part of being one of those early to mid-80s action films with the grizzled old men and it does it brings out these these character actors uh what was the actor from cheers um oh george went had george went in it who they basically had to prop up and real you know wheel around but they had them playing these grizzled they're they're old veterans who are hanging out in this vfw drinking it's one of the guys' birthdays and and this girl comes racing in and this nasty gang of of drug dealing punks come after her and and when we say drug dealing punks we mean punks like, like classic like, like return of the living dead like you said class of 1984 yeah warriors you know the, the, the classic yes. like leather spikes hair. <laughs> speaking of they have <laughs> they have one of the guys from, from the warriors from the warriors and it's it's silly and and uh all of the uh, effects are um, practical. Are practical, and it just—it is exactly what it is. From the sound to the musical choices to the characters, and I was in a hundred percent. And there's only one giant fucking misstep that they did for me because they had one of the characters be—they had them be Vietnam vets. Mm-hmm. And then made a comment about one being like a Korean war vet, which would very much place that in the very early 80s. And at the fucking end of the movie, they make a goddamn millennials joke. And you cannot take it out of time and and be that early 80s trope, date it so that they're all, and then make a yeah. fucking millennials joke. Because like you can... It, it 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 just kind of took the piss out of it. Mm. And I know that I think I was like 100% in because it was just like all of these like, st- I mean, they're really stupid horror movies that like, I think kind of were the movies that, they're the movies I started watching, uh, you know, early to mid 80s when I started getting interested in horror because they were so fucking prolific. They were everywhere. Uh, so it was kind of my jam, but there were times where you're like, huh? I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was it's, good it's, enough. It was it was fun. It's not really the the. I mean, I, for some reason, like it didn't it didn't grab me because it was 
while it was fun and kind of silly, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't like over the top silly. And so it, it wasn't quite silly enough to yeah, be like to, bombastic. Yeah, it, it 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 fell. I mean, it was definitely it was no Tucker and Dale, but it was absolutely it was also not like um, Feast. Mm-mm. Like Feast, it's it's a it's a notch below Feast mm-hmm. on the uh, wacky zaniness comedy kind of scale. And, and why I think, and why I think specifically that was is it wasn't trying to. It literally was trying to be one of those movies mm-hmm. instead of trying to either be a step above it, poking a little bit of fun at it, or like it wasn't doing enough around the story to make it a little bit more and thus kind of felt a little tiny bit flat because it didn't do anything amazingly well enough yes. for it to be spectacular. It, it just it, was reminiscent. Yeah, it, it well, it did from, from you know, like the cheesiness of how the, oh, these, the punks and, you know, the, yeah. that they're like, okay, you know, the, the, it felt, it was it felt, a remake of that style of yeah, film. And I was. think that's why it didn't really get to me. It's like, well, I've seen this movie. Yeah. Somebody made this, but they didn't bring anything really new to the table yeah. Uh, on it as far as like and there is pushing it a little further true, or anything. True. And honestly, one of the things I loved about Bliss when I saw it was that it completely was kind of one of those 90s vampire movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if if the director is just having fun playing with these things that made him love the genre. I don't know. Um, I know that in a couple of the movies that he's done, it just hasn't quite landed for me. Um, but I think I'm liking the things. I'm liking their third and their fourth movie more than I like like the first and their second movie. Um, I did some... Um, <laughs> we're stuck at home. Mm. And so there you, has been... <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> in the middle of our quarantine. Um, so I have been watching some stuff uh, kind of for security and makes me feel good value um we watched uh birds of prey yep um which was a ton of fun to rewatch like it was soon as it came out on on vod and enjoyed it oh yeah as much as i did when i saw it in the theater and still really recommend it to people um it was a lot of fun i watched big night again which is an early stanley tucci um, kind of uh, family drama about these two brothers who uh, open up. It's completely not horror, but um, basically Stanley Tucci just um, had the world fall in love with him again by making a Negroni for someone at his house. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, look at him. He's so beautifully well-dressed and he's making this gorgeous cocktail. And I'm like, if you want to watch Stanley Tucci make beautiful food and drink gorgeous drinks and wine and and it's beautiful and and loving like watch big night and the thing is though is big night is not going to be for everyone with at least the imposters which is his other movie that that he de- he uh, directed around that time um the imposters is a huge bombastic take on the um screwball comedies with a full cast of characters um and big night is this just quiet beautiful movie it's got mark anthony in this like tiny little role as their waiter and server and kitchen boy and he doesn't say a word the entire movie um it has got isabella rossellini it's got um from West Wing, the tall, gorgeous woman that I just want to climb like a tree. Alice and Janney. Um, Alice and Janney's in it. Um, and um, and also uh, from Monk. Um, oh, um, he, he, I think he just had COVID, actually. Oh. Uh, um, but a big Broadway actor. And uh, why can I see his face? And I Tony Shaloub. Tony Shaloub. Um, but it's uh, he and and uh, and Tucci are brothers who um, it's around like the 1950s and they have a very classic Italian eatery. Uh, and just down the block from their restaurant is a Americanized Italian restaurant, which is booming. And theirs is barely paying its bills week to week. And they're but it's it's just heartfelt and it's 
loving and it's gorgeous and it is just one of my favorite movies and it is available on Amazon Prime after being out of print for just the longest time. Anyway, it's a favorite movie of mine and it just always makes me feel better every time I see it and it makes me want to host a giant dinner party and make extravagant food which we won't be doing anytime soon. <laughs> nope. Sadly again. Um, we watched Underwater. Yes. Which was a lot of fun. It was finally, first time watch for me. And finally got that one in there under your belt. I know. You got to see it when you were in Las Vegas. Yep. Talk to me about it. Oh, man. It's a nice, tight movie. It I love is. that it jumps straight into the action where you still get character development over the course of the film, but yep. it doesn't feel the need to over-explain anything to you. Um. Yeah, the the thing that I that I said would, uh, to anybody since I had watched it and some other people hadn't was if you've seen the trailer for Underwater, you haven't you haven't really seen much of the movie because a lot of the the stuff that's in that trailer is in like the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. It's that it's it it Leaps jumps right in, in yeah. drops you right into the action pretty much, and uh, it does not really let up um what i really like is is um kind of like where we complained in um like the prometheus sequel where all of a sudden you end up with all these people and they're just cannon fodder and you don't know any of them underwater you get to you slowly meet this little cast of characters as they run across people as they're running away Mm -hmm. um and you you genuinely like everybody yeah Um, even uh what is Shithead McGee? What's his uh, <laughs> guy from uh, that's in Dead, Deadpool and... Uh, oh, Jesus. No, that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. see, and it was made a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it only oh, got released now. Oh, that fucking um, douchebag. Yeah, the bartender guy in Deadpool that's... Uh, Who just... Yeah, yeah, is just a is just that a guy that complete asshole. nobody likes. <laughs> um, even him, like if you can set aside the actor from the character, the character is actually like, I mean, he's he's T J Miller. T J Miller. This guy is the, the guy is like, you know, he's T J. It's T J Miller playing him, so he's still yeah. a little douchey and stuff like that. Yeah. But but he carries around a little stuffed animal that's like the most precious thing to him in the world. That he he like talks to him and he like when he goes out on something dangerous he gives it to somebody else saying like you know keep this safe for me yeah you know it's it's it and it didn't feel overdone it just felt no it just it it's like and they kind of rib him a little bit about it but he's just you know yeah he's a little douchey but at least you're like wow there's little little human little human, human touch to every to single him. character yeah, yeah. And every single one of them um, I will say that on a second viewing of underwater knowing uh, a lot of what I knew from watching it the first time um there's a lot of really nice background character moments mm-hmm. things that are on posters mm-hmm. things that are uh that are just kind of little little eyebrow raises or or just absolute background noise to, to on a first watch on a second watch you're like wow that's kind of a gut punch or yeah. that's really alluding to this other thing that they haven't talked about yet and yep. won't talk about until basically the end of the movie yeah um it's a she's yeah. His daughter, she's fourteen, right? Yeah, his daughter's fourteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, there's just really, uh, it's it's a really well put together movie, and uh, one of those films where apparently they uh, they they, well, they shot two endings for it, um, and uh, there's a darker ending and a lighter ending, and uh, apparently Kristen Stewart pushed for the darker ending and the darker ending is absolutely the better choice yep. and they put it in front of audiences and the audience were like well that ending isn't as good you should go with the darker ending yeah. um and uh, but if you get it on special features you can see the the, the lighter ending and you're like eh, that loses all of the impact of the, yeah, of the exactly. darker ending so um and then i and I, did you watched Bloodfest with me. Absolutely, I yeah. watched Bloodfest. I bought Bloodfest. <laughs> well, you bought it after we watched. I it, bought it after we watched it because because of Zachary Levi. No, I'm. It's didn't hurt, but <laughs> it is. You know, it's like Bloodfest and Hellfest came out at at, at almost exactly the same time, mm-hmm. and Hellfest was trying to be this like big horror movie. Bloodfest absolutely started out from the very beginning as a comedy, and it's 
It's, it's just funny and sweet and it's it's not like hilarious. It's, it's not hilarious. No, it is not. It's it, not but it's but its heart is so good. Yeah. Like it's so it loves horror, it loves it's the love. haunts. It loves haunts, it loves horror movies. Yep. Um it sends up Hollywood douchebags, but it, <laughs> but it, it it like all of these things that it just it loves it loves slashers, it loves zombie movies, yep. it loves all of these things, and it it yes, it's you know it's it's a funny movie, but it's not at the expense of the movies themselves, or even cruel to the genre itself yeah, it's, to like poke fun at it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's a little light ribbing around, like, some of the writing of such movies. It's just like, really? You, oh, they retconned that one in the fifth <laughs> one, you know? They didn't do... You know, so they, they, they do a little of that, but it's it's always done from such a place of love. And you can tell that that the cast and the crew and everybody were just really having a good time mm-hmm. making that film. Um it's by Rooster Teeth, who started out making videos from video games, uh, just dubbing over video game footage, <laughs> which I liked back in the day. But uh, you know, they're doing a whole bunch of like anime now or something. So I was a little trepidatious when I saw their name on there because their comedy like, kind of sometimes goes a yeah. little, eh, little, but on the bro, yeah, a little broy. And uh, this, but this one. This one was, uh, it was just done with such love. It was so wonderful. Uh, yeah. Loved it. And again, Zachary Levi. You, you always win me over with Zachary Levi and <laughs> something. So, um, Was there anything else that you've watched? Because I know you've been down here, like, occasionally throwing stuff on. Uh, you know, we were, we both started watching Dexter, and so I watched a little bit, too, on my own, but didn't get really any further than you did. Um, so I started watching Dexter, and I got through a season and a half, and while I appreciated it, I disliked it for all of the reasons that kept me from watching it for years. Um, you know, if I want to watch a serial killer, um, like I'm going to watch Hannibal. Yeah. I guess Dexter just doesn't charm me <laughs> enough. Mm. I loved the setting. I loved um, Miami and the music and the color. Um, but I just didn't like, I was kind of looking forward to Lithgow showing up. Um, but it's way later in the season. It's so much later. And yeah. I just, like, I wasn't enjoying it enough. I was literally just throwing it on right when work at home started. I would, like, throw it on in the background. And it's, I think, the only reason I got as far through the series as I did is because I just had it on while I was working. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just, like, entirely paying attention to it. And I am really glad that it exists for the people that love it. Because the people who love Dexter, like, they sing its praises to anybody you'll stop and listen it just wasn't my jam yeah um oh um what we do with the shadows yep started back started up started up new episode tonight with mark hamill oh and it has just been a lot of fun it's not exactly the uh, apexes and and heights of of humor that we had in the very first season because the first season was just they, fantastic it, but it is consistently good and consistently it is consistently funny. very good and this this last episode was oh my really good and the episode before that i also really enjoyed <laughs> so like the first couple episodes were a little you know okay but the the the, the middle of the season so far i'm i'm loving every second of it so mm-hmm. um the, the uh, return of jeff's <laughs> It is, I said this uh, at the time, and I will say this now for, for all the listeners, is that uh, the actress that plays Nadia, um, it between the first season and the second season, I think it's now just a fact that it is comedy gold whenever she makes the jerk-off motion. Oh, it just is. It's just beautiful. No matter, because she, she saves it for a good moment and then does the jerk-off motion and, and it's like, always a crack-up. fucking funny. Um trying to think of anything else started watching superhero uh doctor who with uh the kid yep um and we're like racing through it we're already in season three and i was so worried that she was you know gonna, gonna be just gonna be like eh. Eh, and nope but the thing is it kills me she doesn't want to um she does not want to just like keep going she's like nope we watch an episode a night sometimes we watch two two yeah because there'll be a two-parter or we'll keep going um <laughs> uh you and I have started, we watched one episode. We watched one episode of the new uh, Young Justice that came out. So we're still, we're, we're starting in yeah. on that for the Watching, uh, for wrestling fans, we're watching uh, the second season of Dark Side of the Ring, uh, which is just as 
well done and gutting as the first season yep. was. Because yeah. if, if you've, you know, like we have been, I missed, the thing is, it's so funny with me in wrestling is I missed all of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I didn't miss the first two years. Um, but I missed, I missed, the, there was a huge heyday in the 90s to the um, early 2000s. And I just missed that period. Yeah. Um, like the whole thing with, with uh, the very beginning of the season with Chris Benoit was like. Oh, yeah. I you know, all these know guys, you're guy like, was. oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Um, but yeah, and it, I love, you know, it's like seeing the thing on Dino Bravo and mm-hmm. yeah. And, but I think we've both been really enjoying it, even when it covers stuff that we're not as familiar with or kind of don't care about the last one on Herb, um, Herb Abrams. Yeah. That one was zany. That one was nuts. I, I you know, you got cocaine and cowboy boots. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, he died covered in Vaseline and, and, and Coke. He wearing his cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. He he went out doing what he loved. Oh no! It was um. He was he was uh, <laughs> covered in cocaine and chasing hookers. Yeah, died doing uh, what died he loved. Died doing loved. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other other thing that I've really been watching that wasn't uh, wasn't together was uh, I've been watching a bunch of the uh, uh, some Disney movies. Yeah. Um, I watched rewatched Zootopia. Um, which is such a good movie. It really is. Um, and uh, it was partly prompted by the fact that uh, there's some Netflix anime called Beast Stars that's like, oh, there's anthropomorphic animals, and that's <laughs> this is their world, and um, there's predators and prey, and you know they're starting to fall. You know, one falls in love with prey, and, and I'm like, I've seen that movie. It was called Zootopia, and I recall it being very good, so I watched it again, <laughs> and it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And then I watched uh, Tangled. And then I watched uh, uh, Moana, um, and I think the next one when I pick it up, I'm I'm probably going to watch uh, Wreck It Ralph again oh. and Wreck It Ralph the sequel. Also, we haven't ever watched Incredibles two. No. So I'm kind of like. I would kind of like to watch Wreck It one and two, mm-hmm. and then watch Incredibles two. So, um, in Jen's, Jen's documentary, documentary corner, corner, I do my little. I got to do my little dance that comes later, thanks to you. Um, I watched uh, Moving Parts, which is a Trixie Mattel mm-hmm. uh, yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. It was really good and kind of harrowing because it was um, set during the the time that um, dear sweet Jesus, why can't I remember Trixie and um, um, Russian name um, Katya? Katya. When Katya like had her mental break and started doing copious amounts of drugs and just crashed and burned and literally almost in just destroyed their friendship and kind of showed how uh, that kind of addiction just drags everyone down with it and, and the emotional cost that hit other people. And um, it was really, really well done and I really enjoyed it. Um, What's the other thing I was going to say? Um, I want to say there's a bunch of stuff I'm really looking forward to that um, hasn't, like, it started, but I haven't started watching it, is uh, the new season of Penny Dreadful City of Angels. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about it, that. Um, Killing Eve has just uh, got their third season starting. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is about to start up. And Alex Garland did a kind of a mini series. I don't really think it's really technically a whole series called Devs, Debs. Uh-huh. which I'm really excited to um to watch so it's stuff that's all out there right now and kind of mid-run um so if you are watching these things and you want to give it a big thumbs up or thumbs down to encourage me to get off my ass and watch those things you should definitely comment and say so yeah you can tear her away from uh what i'm watching with her right now which is dc's legends of tomorrow so oh yeah well actually i started watching uh the magicians (laughs) yes i really really resisted watching um but you know, you just kind of need something sometimes that um, doesn't have a. You need video high comfort f- food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been it's been fun. I'm like on episode eight or nine or ten or something. That's why I'm rewatching My Hero Academia. So, <laughs> so we decided to keep. Um, it was kind of inspired by a movie that we watched recently. We decided to do horror on a boat, primarily because I wanted to use a soundbite of "I'm on a boat." I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me cuz I'm sailing on a boat. 
So now that we have our nautical-themed pashmina afghans on, which I knew off the top of my head. My goodness. Because I'm riding dolphins doing flips and shit. <laughs> so we got some You got your flippy floppies? I got my flippy floppies. Uh, so, um, yeah, we watched a, a fair number of them together, and we've watched a bunch of them together in the past, too. Yeah. Uh, the new one that just came out this year that we watched is an Irish movie called Sea Fever, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more of a drama than straight horror, though anything with um, small parasitic creatures is kind of fucking terrifying. It's true. Um, um, and this is one of the things that I was going to say about all, a lot of these boat movies is that when you have a movie that is set on a boat... It's naturally just claustrophobic. Like yeah. you, you, there's characters that you are, can't get away. Yeah, there's easily. characters that are in contact with one another, and they're kind of depending on the size of the boat, forced to be in contact with one another. So uh, there's a certain level of of character drama that kind of has to occur because mm-hmm. there's not a lot for them to do other than interact <laughs> with one another. Yeah, but I I loved it. You you love the captain and the crew. Um, everybody mm-hmm. was fantastic in no, they, that movie. They were all very well-realized characters that you understood their motivations, even if you thought they were complete assholes True. For, for those motivations. You know, it's, uh, I love the moment the crew realizes that she's a redhead. Yes. And they just fucking turn on her because redheads are considered Bad unlucky. Luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it fixed, uh, there were, I had one narrative problem with it that I was like, well, huh. And then they explained it later. They were like, no, it's because of this. And I was like, oh, oh I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. You know, basically it was because uh, it's not even a spoiler. It's just like, well, this parasitic creature, if it is, does all of the things that it's doing in here, why is it not like the dominant life form on the planet? Because don't we say, never stop it. Don't say, yeah. But so they explained that. They're yeah. like, here's how that works. And well, okay, that's that's why they're not the dominant thing on the planet. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, really, really well, uh, really well recognized, uh, uh, realized characters. Yeah. Uh, and then I showed you Triangle, which I've mm-hmm. seen many times before. And uh, I'd been talking about, because it's kind of a shtick that you like. Mm-hmm. And you... You kind of seemed a little odd after. You said there was some stuff about it that you didn't enjoy as much. And I've talked about it before. I think I've talked about it during, um, you know, favorite lesser known horror and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, if you've talked about it before, I don't know how much we want to go into, like, for for spoilers of the film. But um, there's... Uh, I try not to... There's, there's dwell too much into spoiler territory. There's uh, the, the 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 main conceit of the film is one that I am a fan of, and yet yeah, there's I really liked the film in general. Mm-hmm. It's it's well well acted. It's well scripted and keeps you in suspense and like you know thinking there's about it. There's a couple it. of moments couple that of just great knock moments. you off your feet. It's just either the record great player shots. moment is wonderful. Oh. Um, there's just a, you know... There's, there's a scene where she goes running kind of down a corridor and goes round a corner to see just a section of horror. Yes. And and the reality of what... Is is actually occurring. Ha- occurring just slaps you right in the face. Um, and it's just amazingly well done. I liked the allegory. I thought it was... Uh, he was maybe a little too overt, but mm. uh, for the allegory, but but it was nicely placed. Um, I just for that conceit, um, the ending of the film loses me for yeah. that conceit that it it just doesn't the the the, the way that the characters are acting. At I remember the end talking of the movie, to you yeah, after the movie is, ended. Is, it doesn't yeah. jive for me. It, yeah. It, um, it's a, I, I, there are many other movies that I've seen like that 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 fail way more than that in you know, this movie. Uh, and this movie just had one little thing in there where I was like, I don't mm. know that that. Yeah. You know, I understand what the movie, the movie go filmmaker was like, we're going to do this because this is how this is all going to work. You know, it's it's part of the thing that, that it, you know. You give it a side and eye then, and, and you're you, like. And I was mm. like, that's really, you see, you wanted to get your ending 
but you didn't uh you didn't plan it out you didn't yeah you didn't plan it out you didn't like consider by the end of it like how people would act in this unless x is actually occurring or something yep. it just didn't work out for me I am going to mention, and I've mentioned this movie a ton of times before, and it's not because it's a spectacular movie, but it's because it's got a spectacular open, and that is Ghost Ship. I was going to wonder if you were going to mention Ghost Ship. Oh, fuck yes, I'm going to mention Ghost Ship. I am heartbroken on a fairly regular basis that Steve Beck has not made more movies, because Ghost Ship is pretty damn good, and it's got a spectacular open. Mm Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm kind of in for for it's a it's a twist ending, like where it kind of gives mm-hmm. you the knee to the mm-hmm. crotch. Um, I just like it. I fucking adore Thirteen Ghosts. Like, right. like I just I can't even tell you how much I love that movie. They are just fun movies, and I wish he'd made more. Um, and he just didn't, and I don't know why, but. It's what it is, and I have two really fun movies, one that I enjoy an awful lot, and one that I enjoy. Um, That's awful. No, I'm kidding. I, I, Ghost Ship is really fun. It's, it's, I, I was just going for the wordplay, that's all. Why, thank you. Um, but yeah, that's one of my... So, along that line, um, a movie that I've watched that and, and enjoy that you uh, never make it all the way through... Is uh, is Deep Rising. And on top of not, I think I actually have made it all the way to I the end. I think you have. And I never remember. No. I just no. block it out. They, they make it to the to an island. Yeah. Which some people say that the ending of that is a backdoor pilot, a backdoor connection where it's like, well, there's your King Kong. No. You okay. know, that's, that's your Kong movie. If you made a sequel to it, it would be King Kong. Um it it has uh, Famke Jansen in it. It has uh, the guy who's the Treat the, Williams. Has Treat Williams has the guy who's the toady uh, from uh, the Mummy movies. Oh yeah, that's uh, oh look out <laughs> that, that guy um, Benny. The character's it's name is Benny. Benny you know. um, and uh, and it has the guy who plays. Um, Forget what it is, something eagle or something in Mystery Men. He's the oh yes. the mentor character. <laughs> you know, do not. You Stand, cannot balance if, the hamburger. If you cannot balance the burger, the burger cannot balance you. That's oh, that's so deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, has like a whole bunch well, of really. Why good, do you have the watermelons? Why oh, and the guy. It also has the guy who played Kano in the uh, uh, Mortal Kombat movie, uh, who died several years ago. Um, but uh, but yeah. So all these character actors, yeah. people that you're looking at them, and you're like, I know that, that person guy. from somewhere. Why can't I remember his name? Um, and so just all these character actors and it's fun it's uh it's bombastic it's stupid it's monsters that have attacked a cruise ship um cuz who wouldn't yeah and uh <clears throat> it's uh i forget who the, uh, the who's the director of it cuz the director is somebody who sucks um <laughs> but this was like before they like hardcore sucked uh, steven summers Speaking of the mummy movies, yeah, um, probably where he got the character, the actor for Benny from, where he's like, <laughs> I like that guy. I'm gonna work with him again. Um, yeah, Stephen Summers. It's so it's it's big, it's stupid, it's got a little swashbuckling in it. It shares a lot of DNA as a proto mummy movie um, for just like that heroic, yeah. Uh, romancing the stone doc savage you know two-fisted action kind of character stuff um but it's just it's 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 fun uh the other one going back to the the trope that's in triangle um there is a movie uh called the reeds that i have watched uh the reeds uh, is a movie about some people just like in the try in triangle it's a bunch of people that go out on a boat a bunch of young young people um and then weird shit starts happening they go out they they take this one boat out because they they can't take the other boat out because the other boat uh it was supposed to be there that they were going to rent but it's not there so they have to take the other one and they take the other one out um and uh they take it out on this little cruise through these these waterways out in the uk that you know so they go through all these reeds and while they're out there in the reeds kind of lost out there strange things start happening with regards to causality 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so the and the movie just goes from there. It's a small, tight knit group of people with their own conflicts and and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you throw some weird shit that starts happening, mm-hmm. and they they're kind of trapped on this boat, and it goes. So, uh, is it a great movie? No, not really. But <laughs> is it well thought out with some some pretty good like uh, kind of head twisty, creepy moments? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I I enjoyed that one. Um, one that we both kind of bandied about trying to remember the specifics of is, uh, Rec 4, mm-hmm. which a good amount of it takes place on a boat, but neither of us remember enough about it. I, mm-hmm. I just remember it as the least fun of the four movies. And that's, you know, I know it tried to kind of wrap up the mythology a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but why? <laughs> I mean, I, I I get that there's reason to make Rec Four. There's probably a financial move uh, considerations, and you know maybe somebody wanted to really put the capper on that story. But you know, Rec Three, I thought was just like the the perfect little end cap. To and that it film. and it went ridiculous. It and did. It was fun, and it left behind the um uh footage found footage it did portion i loved that. that i yeah. loved that rec three head fakes you that you, you start off with the found footage and then, it and then everything the action starts happening like the big attack and happens and somebody they drops. drop the camera yep and then it's a normal movie from that point forward because yep. and it, and we've utterly, done it yeah. we've done found footage for yeah. two movies we don't need to do it anymore yep and it's it's very very different from the first two films and not as serious at all and it's just fun and it's got a lot more heart it does. It too. Yep. So. Um, in the silly and ridiculous, and yet I loved it anyway, we have the Meg, <laughs> uh, which starts out as a submarine or, uh, you know, a scientific underwater vessel, but then a lot of it ends up being on a boat. Maggie. Oh, they might have actually gotten some purrs. They might have. Um. It's just ridiculous and overdone, and it is it is the high dollar amount version of all the freaking Sharknado movies, and yep. but it's got Jason Statham, and I can forgive so much <laughs> with Jason Statham because he just because he just humps and shits his way across. across the movie. Yeah, exactly, and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a film that is a you know it it. There's a lot of people that don't like PG-13 horror, that sort of thing. I movies. think there's a lot to be said for it. For there's, a lot of people, that is their intro into horror. Yes. You have to have some intro into, you know, something for, for, for those people. And also, just sometimes a little lighter side on things. You don't have to have blood and guts everywhere. And the Meg... The Meg's just fun. It is. You know, it's And got it's just ridiculous, and it's a giant... Schrod- it's got uh, Chekhov's <laughs> torpedo in it, and... and- <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and the little dog. And the little oh, dog. that little dog. Yeah, uh, it's there's there's nothing. I don't think there's anything that bad to be said about the Meg, unless you take yourself entirely too seriously. Yeah. That's my opinion. And I'm I'm kind of leaving like the big movie for the very last movie just because it's a personal favorite of yours. But I am going to mention the creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. which was my intro into Universal Horror. Right. Um, I'm fairly certain it's the first of the Universal Horror that I actually watched all the way through. Um, thank you very much, Elvira. <laughs> um, and uh, and I just started watching it and it sucks you in because it is 10 times the movie that you think it's going to be yep and then suddenly it's the most beautiful thing i have because i have touted that i really love the the giant ant movie them mm. uh because it's a tight 90 minutes there's like one scene that you could edit out of it that that's completely unnecessary as far you you could get rid of it and it's kind of zany and whatever and uh, but you can get rid of it but other than that like every scene in that movie is there for a reason mm-hmm. and it's very tight um the same thing goes for uh creature from the black lagoon is that is a it is a very tight movie there's not a not any real wasted space in there 
um, it just moves and moves. And then, yeah, like the underwater you know, shooting have, is honestly, incredible. Because um, there's a couple of really good Universal sets that have come out recently. Um, and a beautiful Blu-ray set um, that has a lot of the extras that have been released recently. And they've had those individual sets where you could buy, you know, the Wolfman movies. And you could buy the Mummy movies. And you could buy, and it had all of these extras and a bunch of the sequels. Um, but there was a, a recent blu-ray and it's they're beautiful um i've been kind of wanting to because i've never just watched them all like i've caught them here and there i will say i do want to watch them all i have never made it all the way through the mummy no, mummy's boring without falling asleep mummy is a very boring movie the movie moves as slowly as the monster <laughs> and i want to love it I just don't. I just, it is, it's, I will say, I can be wide awake when I start watching it and I just start drifting away. And I, I'm sure that is just sleep of anthema. ages. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a butt. I, uh, I will say that, uh, I'm pretty sure that the, the creature from the black lagoon was the first universal that I watched all the way through. Um, I will also say that, uh, it is definitely the first universal movie where I watched all the sequels. Oh, wow. Yeah. Creature Walks Again, The Creature Walks Among Us. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen any of the sequels. I've only They're seen... completely different, especially the third one. Um, the second one is basically they, they capture the creature and they put it into SeaWorld, effectively. Um, it has Clint Eastwood in his first film role as a extra mm. in, in the background. I think he has one line. He's not quite an extra. Um but uh the uh the, the the movie is basically you know they they've captured it and they bring it to SeaWorld and they try to study it and do all these things and of course it breaks loose and mm-hmm. havoc ensues. Um but the third one is the one that really turns it on its head because they they have it, they capture it again, and they uh uh they they perform a surgery on it to take away its aquatic features huh. to make it human, more human. Huh. So they, they're trying to humanize it so that, it, you know, maybe they can do whatever, you know, it's that fifties, sixties, mad science kind of thing, yeah. but, they, but they've got this, you know, we're going to make it more human because that makes it better because humans are awesome. Um, and humans uh, are the worst. And they, they, so they, <laughs> they try to, to, you know, teach it and, and make it so that it would be able to be in society and do all these experiments on it. And it has the most horrible, horrible, sad, tragic ending because oh. at the very end of the movie, the creature having broken free and, you know, all these things where it's, they've, they've done all these, these tortures basically to it. It walks into the ocean and it's trying because it's trying to go home, but it will drown because it can't breathe underwater anymore. That's heartbreaking. It is. It's a horrible, heartbreaking film at the ending of it. You're just like, oh my God, this, this, this is like the, the darkest, most heart wrenching ending to a film. And it is. That's the end of it is that the creature, once they've captured it and done all their tests and they horribly mut- mutilate it, it tries to go home and will die because it's going to drown. And you just know that it is. Well, Jim, let's talk about Jaws. <laughs> I've got one more movie. All right, let's talk about the other movie. Um, speaking of earlier uh, claustrophobic films, claustrophobic films, especially ones that are set in submarines, uh, Below. Below is... Oh, I an, forgot about Beneath, too. Is an excellent... Yeah, we got Beneath. Uh, Below is a uh, movie set in World War II. Um, it is about a group of... Uh, uh, allied soldiers who uh, capture a U-boat, and they take they're trying to do the the take the U-boat back to to the Allied forces, um, but there's ghosts, or are there? Yeah, it's one of those movies where everything is terrifying because they're they're trapped in this very tight space it's you know you're submerged under all this water if there's pressure on the outside you know one wrong thing could lead to disaster and they talk about how when you're down underwater and stuff like that that it affects your mental state that things can happen 
And so they start seeing ghosts and the, the, the Germans that are there, are like, Oh, it's haunted, you know? And so they, they're seeing all these things, but are they? Yeah. Or aren't they? Huh. And it's, it's a legitimately terrifying movie. It's one of the very few that I will say is legitimately a terrifying movie. Oh, I definitely movie want to watch that then. Um, so below is, it gets high marks from me for, for underwater or horror on a boat. Yeah. U boat. Um, and just because I just remembered it now, um, Beneath is a Larry Fussenden movie, mm-hmm. and it is it is one of his better films. I will say it's the best giant catfish movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's really good, and they're really awful teenagers, and acting almost pretty much like you'd expect mm-hmm. awful teenagers to act, and it seems really realistic in that sense. Um, and if you think being on a giant ship is terrifying being on just like a fucking little you know yeah is is when shit's gone wrong and you can't get out of there well those of us who have seen creep show 2 know all about you know when you're (laughs) stuck on a float yep the raft best part of creep show 2 yes all right jaws so not all on a boat the biggest part of the movie comes the best part of the movie comes on the boat boat. so what is it about jaws because you love Jaws. If if and- I had a choice of one movie to take with me onto a desert island that I could that basically the one movie that I had to watch over and over and over again for the rest of my life, Jaws would be an extremely strong contender for that one. Yeah. Um Jaws, I for one thing they you know, they don't make make them like that anymore. There's too much um uh, they don't allow a lot of slow burn yeah. in a movie anymore. Where they, Unless it's like a tiny independent film. Yeah, they, they don't do, um, you know, it, and it has to be, you know, fast and frantic and it has to, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't let that. And the other part to it is, and this is, I think, where Jaws gets me, is that it's, you know, it's a really good, you know, giant shark, you know, terrorizes blank uh, town or boat or whatever. But beyond that, the characters in it are so good. Uh, you know, pr- particularly the main three where there's, you know, the, the Brody, Quint, and, um, uh, God, what's the scientist's name? Uh, it's played by Dreyfus. Anyway, um, Hooper. The, the only thing is, and I've been wanting to, to rewatch it because I've only seen it a couple of times in its entirety as an adult because it, you know, it was something that pop culture wise was, you know, very predominant in my childhood, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just one of those movies that everybody talked about. And then all sequels came that kind of diluted the story a little oh, bit. God did they. Yeah. Um, but I've only seen it a couple of times. And I think it was one of those movies that I found really surprising, like the quality of the movie, mm-hmm. like seeing it as an adult versus seeing bits and pieces of it as an, as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd kind of like to watch it, but I wonder if it would give me the same problems as when I tried to watch Wag the Dog, right when <laughs> right when Trump went into office, and because it's like the nose. yeah, and it's like I don't know if I could watch that right now where they're just like no, just go to the fucking beach. We've just got to keep everything going, you know. The holidays coming up. I will. I will say that if <laughs> if people that really wanted to reopen the beaches and go out and and do all that when there's a when there's a horrible danger around, if they had if they were wearing the fucking suit. That the mayor of Amity is wearing, uh, in 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 that scene, I I might forgive them a little more, you know. That that suit is a fucking thing. Um, but the, the every single character in there, you know, the, the mayor is, you know, he's he's in there as just a foil. So it's just like okay, yeah. whatever. But like the you you know, think Mrs. Brody is 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 well well realized in that film. Just like all of these characters that. You know, the slapping, Mrs. Kintner slapping him in the face, you know, uh, Brody in the face, just all these moments. And beyond that, like, I mean, it's Spielberg, but, it, you know, it's really early Spielberg. And yeah. even then with him and John Williams, like, there's some amazing, sound, you know, musical cues that are in there. Everybody knows the Jaws theme, but there are points in that film where the movie fakes you out. 
Like oh, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, it's it's going to be a shark attack. It's going to be a big shark attack here. But if you pay attention, it always plays the Jaws musical cue when such a thing is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Except it's not playing when you're when they when they're faking you out. They don't play the shark music cue. Yeah. So if you're paying attention to the musical score, you'll know. Yeah. And it's and John Williams was dabbling into his little, you know, not quite Peter and the Wolf, but everything had a theme to it where, yeah. you know, uh the the big chases at the end of the movie are all to the basically the tune of uh the Spanish lady song that they all sang. Um it's just it the whole movie is just tight yeah. with itself. Like yeah. it it it's really um it's self-referential in the best way that it's paying attention to what it's doing. It's well written enough, and the music is well done enough, and all of these things come together to be a film that just treats itself with such respect that I just I, I resound I, 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 it resonates with me. I, I and the again the characters you know uh, the fact that. Um, uh, there, there's a deleted scene that I there's the one deleted scene that I wish was in there where it's early on in the movie where Quint is in a music shop and there's a boy learning to play um, uh, Beethoven's Ninth and Quint and it establishes the character of Quint very early on um, which you really don't need to do you just you find out about Quint later in the movie but this shows what a just a fucking prick he is because this kid is starting to play Beethoven's Ninth and as he's playing it, and Quint's in the background, he's like kind of going along with the kid playing. He's like, dun, 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 dun. and then the kid makes a mistake. He's like, eh. and he looks at the kid, and the kid starts over again, and he's going with him, dun, 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 dun. and the kid makes another mistake, and he's getting nervous because this asshole is right behind him, like singing along with it. By the end of the scene, which is like the third time, Quint is yelling the song at this kid this this poor kid that's just trying to play it on like the trumpet or the the, the french horn or something he's just da, 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 just an absolute asshole and i i love that 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 scene exists is <laughs> um, like a little side for 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 people like me i i i don't think it needs to be in the movie but and i'm happy that it just happy that it, it it's out there because they had a handle on him quinson a total fucking dick yeah but no, and, and I just I, I love Jaws. I love you know the, the 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 eventual reveal. You don't see that often, where it's just it's a fin, or it's just. Uh, and also, I don't think there are. You know, it's like you. There are a lot of complaints about there not being enough women's stories that. You know, or, but there also aren't a lot of movies that just focus on three men that are three different kind of men just interacting and letting it be quiet, mm-hmm. um, and seeing how they play off each other. Um, there are so few movies like that where you get to, like, it, it's, be, it's a character piece. Yes. On. And, and, yeah, Jaws is a men's movie. But it, it really, at, at it really end, is. It's a, it's a men's movie. And to a certain extent, a little, because it was made in the 70s, but yeah. a little toxic. A, a little bit. Mostly because of Quint. Yeah. But, you know, the other, you know, none of the characters are perfect in it. They're, mm-hmm. they're all flawed, and that's great. Um, they all have their little flaws in them. And yeah. uh, but, it's a great exp- exploration of, like, men's dick waving relationships with each other and that oh my god the scene where they're just showing each other their scars scars. yes great great freaking scene and they on the scale of like men's movies and being toxic i personally and you know i'm biased on it but i personally i probably rated pretty low on the scale as far as toxicity goes because they're ass, you know, like Quint's an asshole, and yeah. it's pretty. It's he's never lionized as a hero. It's not like he's you're supposed to say that Quint. He's a man's that, man. He's a man's man. I'm God. That's the you're guy like, I no, want to emulate. He's a fucking asshole. That guy's a, that guy's a <laughs> prick, and I really don't want to, you know, 
don't want to don't want to be like that guy. So, <laughs> on the scale of things, well, it's it it is a lot of especially at the end, it's a lot of men being manly and you know in yeah. their in their own particular ways, but yeah. uh, and dick waving, lots of dick waving, mm. but uh, not. I don't think it's particularly damaging because none of them are are held up as 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 paragons idols. of anything. Yeah, yeah, paragons of anything. All right. Other than being shark food. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for on just, you know, throwing this together with me. I appreciate it. No um, I will say, uh, gotta take us. I'm always here. I know. In this house. You're always. I can be like, <laughs> you're always here. And then sometimes it's, huh. You're, you're, always, you're always here. here. Yeah. um gonna take a slightly different direction for the next couple episodes i'm just trying something new i'm gonna be bringing on some uh women probably from the local crypticon scene uh just talking to some other um you know i might uh bring in some guys too but uh, i like focusing on on women's perspectives (laughs) yes yes uh (laughs) <laughs> on horror because it's my perspective on horror and I like I like uh exploring that with other women. Um so there we are. Um uh, hopefully see you guys in 2 weeks and have a great time. Have a great night. Stay safe. Stay safe. Jeez Louise. Don't read the Latin can be found at dontreadthelatin.com. On Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>